There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96FM.ie. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. When do we take control of our lives and our destiny? We're a small country, but we punch way above our weight. Like, I'm filming now at this stage, to be honest with you. I thought it was one of the hardest things to do. It was horrendous. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Trust me when I tell you, it is not yesterday or the day before or last year or the year before that I got me leaving cert results into me hot little fist but I'll tell you this much I will never till the day I draw my last breath I will never forget the fear the trepidation the shakes the, 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 the palpitations the butterflies in the stomach I'll never forget it it's perfectly normal this morning to feel absolutely terrified now it's probably an overreaction to something that is just a piece of paper that doesn't define you but it is completely normal this morning to be petrified absolutely petrified so to anyone who is about to get results or waiting on results congratulations already just for being there just for having gotten through it and gotten it done congratulations for that whatever happens when you open that envelope when you download that result whatever happens will happen the papers will be full of people with a hundred or ten A1s or fifteen A1s whatever they call them these days H1s isn't it the, the papers will be full of those pictures but there's lots and lots of other stories out there that'll never make the papers and we'd love to hear from those people this morning and we'll catch up with quite a few individuals across the morning as to how they've done or how they expect to do or how their schools have done but I want to go straight away to Sunday as well because to a place where, as I say, the place where, where magic happens, to the Cork Life Centre, uh, where, where some people who sat there leaving cert might have been told that they were never going to be able to do that. 
and I call it the place where magic happens. Donald Leary, good morning to you. Good morning, BJ. And that is uh, a big day for you there today. How many leave inserts did you have? Um, there's, there's 12. There's 12. And on, on, I suppose, look, we, we said it traditionally here a number of, right, right from the start of leave inserts where we, we don't give them out. Um, and they're, they're, they're done, everyone calls in and gets them. We sit with the young person um, and their family to give them their leave insert. And I'll be doing that up, I think, to, to the end of about half past three, right. uh, sitting with the families. Because, you know, I get I, I, I what you're saying about everyone being anxious out there. Things have changed. Um, no, not, the leave insert hasn't changed for any better or any worse. But, but these young people... Have you know every young person that has has a leaving cert result coming out this morning has had two of the weirdest un- un- unnatural years that anyone could ever have, and to be at the end of that sitting an exam to define you for the rest of your life is just crazy. I I you know it's congratulations due to every young person and their families that 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 are mm-hmm. today co- collecting results. And, you know, there are lots of ways now to get where you need to be. So what I'd say is don't stress. Uh, try not to. I know it's difficult because young people put pressure on themselves. And we as a society have placed too much emphasis, I believe, on the leaving cert. Because when, when our young people come in today, yeah, the leaving results are part of what we're doing. Mm. But, you know, we've been on a journey with them for, for five years, maybe less with some. And it is the journey we're celebrating. Um, you know, the, the, our young people, and, and our others out there, um, have taken a journey back into education um, after the system pushing them out. And they have got there. They have got to the end of their, 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 their secondary schooling. Mm. And our hope for them is that whatever they want to do, the journey continues. Uh, whether that be PLC, whether it be work, whether it be university, Whatever it is, mm. uh, be happy in doing it and be happy in realizing that you've got yourself here. You know, the biggest journey for our kids and the biggest issue for our kids was getting themselves back into education <laughs> and making sure that they completed it. They get where they need to be. And, you know, we're really, really proud of them. Um, as I said to me before we broke up in, in May, I said, I won't be any prouder of the young people uh, today than it was in May, because I think it is a, it is absolutely a huge task they've taken on uh, to retrust, to start to believe in themselves, to then go on and do these examinations. And and for me, the, you know, anyone that sits the leaving cert after the last two years is a hero, because the easiest thing would have been to walk away. Yeah. The easiest thing would be to say, I can't do this, and they didn't. And they stayed. And, you know, I, I, I think we, we, we give our kids an awful lot of uh, bats when, when, when things go wrong. We should be giving them huge respect today for what they've managed to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, for me, that's it, you know. There, there, are, there are no losers. I know that it doesn't seem difficult now to people that are after missing their course by a point. But there are other ways of getting there. Believe. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Keep going, and you're going to get there. And, and you know, as I said for us today, we're going to talk about the journey. Um, and there'll be laughs, and there could be some tears. But that's, that's how it is, you know. Yeah. And, and all we've ever done is walk some of the journey with our young people. Yeah. The journey continues. It doesn't end.
today yeah. and yeah. they're going to go on and they're going to do well and as for H1s and all that H1s are grand and if you're able to do that fine yeah. however if you're getting 6, 7, 8 I don't care how many H1s you get and you're returning to your bedroom then our education system has failed and there will be some young people who that's going to be the truth for today uh, and, and that's a sad part of this, you know. Yeah. There's a sad part of this as well. And it isn't about whether a young person got a H1 or, or, or any results. The thing is how they now move forward. How they now move forward in, in, into, into a space where they have lots to learn. There's lots out there. It should be exciting. It should be a, a start of an adventure. Mm. And it's not. Yeah. I think you have the 12 that will be coming to you today. Don, but I think your message carries to every family of every, every family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every family, you know. I mean, we have 12, but like, there are, there are, you know, every child that sits sat that exam in, in, in June, or the pretty, it doesn't matter, and that have finished their leaving their course now, has had a journey to make, each one particular to the individual. And that should be celebrated. That's what should be celebrated, because it allows them now to move on into adult life. And if they're happy, if they're smiling, that is brilliant. That, that, that's the way it should be. Mm. If someone is distraught, what have we taught them? What have we taught them? What, about, what are we preparing kids for? But so I, I hope today that families can celebrate, mm. celebrate the achievements, no matter what they are, with their young people and with their children, uh, uh, and to congratulate them, mm. to be happy for them. There will be people out there, Don, who got more than they expected. There will be people out there who got didn't get what they expected and they'll be devastated. If someone you know or you love, be it a family member or a friend or a cousin, is devastated today, what advice have you? My advice is to sit down with that young person, point out to them, okay, you're short four points, you're short 20 points, you're short 30 points to go to university for that course. There are PLCs. It might take you next year. I mean, I, I always say to young people, like, at 18 years of age, you know, I'm a long way from 18. Um, I'm 64 tomorrow, actually. But, but, you know, it took me a long time to find where I, where I fitted, where, where I wanted to be. And that's true of all of us, I think. And I think, you know, this is a journey of discovery. And you'll discover... In the, a way you can get into that course if that's what you really wanted. There is a way in there, even mm. you know if you're if you're short of points. And what I'm saying to you is, don't give up. Believe in yourself, and you're going to get there. You've come this far, you know. It, it, you know, bell calls, everything else come into play here. Uh, some people have bad exam technique. Mm. So some people have good exam technique, and you know that's just the way we as individuals are made up. So what you need to be doing is, you know, if you're supporting someone that, that you know, wanted uh, one of the points and they've come up short, then there are other ways to go. Sit with that young person, point them in the direction of where they need to look, and sit and talk. And, you know, look at the positives. Mm. Don't look at the negatives. There is, for me, there is no negative here. The young person has given their best in the exam. Yeah. They didn't make it today. We've all done that. We've all been there. Yeah. you'll get to where you need to be. Believe in yourself, believe in the young person, and they will get to where they need to be. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, always, I'm always certain of that, you know. I mean, we've had a number of young people. 
I mean, for instance, the first young person to do a Leaving Cert Pay was in 2008. Yeah. And they're, they, they, they're, they're, this year, finished their degree in youth and community. Now, that's, that's a long journey. They took steps out, they went mm-hmm. to other courses, but they're now they're finished and they're now moving forward. There are lots of places and lots of areas where your needs are going to be met. Yeah. And so, stay, stay positive. And I know, you know, today, people, young people will be very disappointed. And there will be quite a few, probably. But, but as adults, we should be sitting down with them, pointing out all the positives yeah. that they've achieved in, the, in this journey. Against muchly increased odds but with yeah, the Yeah, look, I mean, yeah. COVID has, you know, <laughs> exams have, leaving search have always been difficult because of, of the high price we put on as a society. And we make it nearly impossible for children to, to come over feeling good if they haven't achieved 600 points. Um, we, not everyone's going to achieve 600 points. You know, the other thing, you don't have to achieve 600 points. Yeah. There, there are different ways to get there. And, you know, the fact that you were there, the fact that you continued in education, the fact that you want to continue in education... They're the important ingredient. That's the win. That want, and that's the win. That's all, the win. All the time, that's the win. And Don, I, I'm often critical of my own line of work, my own profession, media, on a day like today. I pick up the front front of the Irish Independent, and I read record leaving cert grades to tighten race for college places. Now that is already frightening the living life out of, out of young people. We really do need to look at the way we gauge this one piece of paper in people's lives. We, we do, and I think, look, it, 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 it's about time we, we, we re-evaluated what's important, right? Um, you know, we're, we're aware of mental health issues among young people um, which have skyrocketed in, in because of the unprecedented place we're at the moment. And, you know, if you, if you keep piling and piling and piling on, on, on young people in relation to, oh, you didn't achieve, or oh, you're not going to get there, What's the all about? These young people have achieved. They're in education. You know, here, here's the sad thing that we need to look at. And, I, and so on a day like this, we should remember them. Yeah, celebrate the young people that are very academic and are able to do this. And, and, and you know, well done to them too. I'm not saying not well done to them. Yeah, That's course. been brilliant. But, but we have 10% of our young people who do not finish education. Uh, we're talking about, you know... They leave them, sir, who, who, do not, who do not even get there. And, you know, for all the rest that do, it's a credit to the young people that they've managed to do it. You, you do need to look, though, and say, how do we re-engage those young people, you know? And, and when we look at it, you know, how do we make sure that when our young people reach sixth year uh, in a secondary school, that they're not feeling that their life is ruined at 17 and 18 years of age because they've, they've dropped 40 points. Yeah. I, I, I will say to any young person, and they might believe me, and it's not, probably not worth anything, but by the time you come to finding the place you want to be, you won't even think about points. It isn't about points. It's about what you want. It's about what makes you happy. It's about how you're going to contribute to society. It's about what, time, what type of young adult you're going to make. And, and I think for me, they're the important things. And, and, you know, support, support, support young people all the way. Today, they're not going to want to hear it. 
it's tomorrow and the day after next week when the CEO points come out, when the CEO figures come out. You know, you're right about, you know, the media. And, and I do understand this. There's a rush to, to celebrate uh, high achievers. Sound. But for me, every young person that did the leaving cert today is a high achiever. Don, we might we might check in with you later on this morning if any of your students would like to talk with us. Um, but I think we wanted to open this morning by going, as I always call it now, to the place where magic happens, to the Life Centre. And congratulations to everybody there. Happy birthday to you, my friend, for tomorrow. <laughs> and we may talk later. Don, thank you very much. Don O'Leary, uh, Director of the Cork Life Centre, where they have 12 uh, leaving searchers today. But I think Don's words... And that's why I wanted to go to him. Don's words apply to everybody who's waiting this morning. Uh, Kate says, it's terrible to be judged on the leave insert. I think access to college courses should be based on the person. There are people doing courses that have no business doing them. It's all wrong. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Focus, what you mean? Got my eyes on the prize, that's me. Manchester City are the champions. Number one, that's top of the league. The best football league in the world is right here. Firmino with the flick. Salah! Fernandez, he's going to go for goal. Oh, what a goal. The Premier League Live, powered by Top Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively online at 96fm.ie. Tune in Saturdays as we ramp up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre-match analysis, live commentary and in-depth interviews with some legends of the sport. The Premier League Live With Now Stream live action from BT Sport and Premier Sport With a Now Sports Extra membership Listen every Saturday exclusively online at 96fm.ie Or download the Cork's 96fm app Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Courts 96 FM. And we'll touch back and forward with the Leaving Cert during the course of the morning. But I think Don's advice is, is sage. You know, it's just a piece of paper. It doesn't define you. And just getting to today is an achievement for any young person. Now, Jackie's son, Anthony has had school transport for years and now it's been cancelled. He's been told he's going on a different route and she's got nowhere to get him to school. And this happens this week. Not last month, this week. Jackie, how are you doing? Hiya. That's Hiya. a bit better now. Um, so Anthony always had school transport when he was going to Padre Pio, right? Yes, okay. and he had school park. He transport for Deer Park as well. Right. I rung his taxi driver last week and he told me he was after being put on a different route. And did you not get any notice of this? Nothing. So the taxi just didn't show? No, I rung him to see was he coming, what what day was he coming, you know, because some days, the first day they went in for an hour and a half, you know. Hmm. And I, I asked him, was he coming on the Tuesday when they were going back, and he told me he was on a different route. So, I suppose for, for people who wouldn't be familiar... Anthony gets a taxi. He's going to a, a school for kids with additional needs. He oh, he's going to Deer Park. Deer, oh, he's going to Deer Park now? Yeah. But he's getting the, he gets the same taxi, taxi driver? Same taxi driver. And you have, the, you have the approval and the sanction for the taxi? Yeah. And you, you figured he'd have his taxi when he needed it? Yeah, I then, moved up to the north side. Yes. So if I, if I had to bring him to school, I would have to get two buses. Yeah. 
to go there, two buses home, then another two buses left him and another two buses home if I didn't have my car. But you rang the driver to say, okay, will you be with us tomorrow? And you were yeah. told, oh no, he's gone on a different... No one yeah. told you this? No, nothing. I've emailed uh, the Capwell bus station and I've emailed the transport place, the bus transport place, nothing. Right. And and did you get a letter at the start of the summer to say he'd been approved for the, the taxi? Yeah? No, just automatically. It's automatic renewal, okay. It's automatic. Right, right. So how's he getting to school if you've moved? For, I'm, I know I'm driving him. And if I didn't have a car, it would be eight buses. And while it is days during the week, I won't have no money for petrol, so he won't be going to school. And, and no reply to the query, no? And in fairness to the poor old taxi driver, he, he, he can't help you. Thought, I was talking to another taxi driver last week and he said yeah, the routes are all being changed. Yeah, no, he said the tax, the, whoever deals with it, they'll drop a taxi to save themselves a tenner doing a different route. Now, the taxi drivers now, not whoever, yeah. Capwell, whoever. Capital bus station. It's organised through them, as far as I know. Did yeah, they organise it through the Department yeah. of Education, sanctions it, yeah. and then the p- local PSV and all that. They have to organise it. But but at the moment, he's got no way to school. And well, I find the number for them. Okay. Can't find a bus a phone number for him. All right. Jackie, that, that line is, is, is terrible, so I'll leave it there. But I think we get the story, and it's a pity because I'd love to go more into it. But Anthony's had school transport all his life. When they lived on the south side, he was going to school, school Padre Pio. He had transport for there. Uh, moved back to the north side now, and he's supposed to have school transport to Deer Park. And it's all san- And I know this. It all sanctions. It all rolls forward. You get the same driver on the same route all the time. That's how they do it. She rings the driver to arrange for the first day back to be told, oh, no, he's, he's on a different route now. And that's not his fault. That's not the taxi driver's fault. So she's not... I mean, this kind of nonsense is going on for years and years and years. And I predicted we'd have calls like Jackie's. What's more, I predict we'll have more. And we got that statement in from Bus Aaron the other day. Well, it was not a statement, it was an essay, do you remember? And there was about one useful line on it, and even that wasn't much use. They just said, we're effectively, we're busy, and wait your turn, we'll get back to you. Don't call us, we'll call you. And I don't blame Bus Aaron here, because they, they're short of staff and inspectors anyway, and they're short of drivers with the appropriate credentials anyway. But love and God, this just happens year after year after year. Ridiculous. Just on the buses, yeah, it's absolutely countrywide, says this call. They're implementing new ideas. The alternative they offer is a taxi with an escort, but the board of management has to vet the escort, but they don't just have time to do it. As well as that, they haven't processed the transport grants for parents who drive their own kids to school. The way things are going, my fella will be in fourth class by the time he gets it. And this nonsense, as I say again, has been going on for years. Is it because... These kids are just the the vulnerable ones. Is it because these are just ordinary kids who who won't maybe and many of them won't go on to get swanky leaving certs and first class honours? Is 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 that why they just don't give a toss about them because they don't? And accuse me of bias if you will. I don't care. I'll take that badge with pride. They don't care about them. They they mess them up every September. They leave them there waiting for their taxis waiting for their buses, upset, confused, anxious. And that's just the parents. 
It's disgraceful is what it is. And they, they just keep failing to fix it. Stop it, Paige. You're getting hit up. Of course I'm getting hit up. 1850-715-996. We talked a couple of weeks ago about sleep apnea because it was just something that, you know, sort of took our attention, picked up something about it on TikTok. We talked to a sleep specialist and all of that. And then we got a response that I think we didn't expect. The number of people that called to say, yep, they have it or their dad has it or their mom has it. And there's a huge cohort of people out there with sleep apnea that never even knew, never even knew what it was to begin with. One of them who contacted us was Trevor. Trevor was diagnosed with sleep apnea and he was put on fairly standard treatment, which is a mask that you wear going to bed. And he told me a little bit about it. The CPAP machine, you know, that's the breathing machine. I got that, which I kind of wasn't happy with because... You know, you have to wear this machine when you're going to sleep and stuff. And uh, I didn't like it, you know. So I just went about looking for other alternatives, you right. know. Um, you can get this kind of dental appliance. It's like, um, it kind of keeps your jaw from uh, relaxing when you're asleep, you know. The, this dental appliance keeps your jaw from moving back, you know, when you're asleep. That right. that helped a lot. That's actually, I got the sleep test done with that then. And um, it, it went from 20 down to 5, you know, right. an hour. Like, when I was using the machine, I I was getting depressed and stuff, using it, you know, the thought of wearing this thing for the rest of my life. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Uh, you, th- you think, God, is this my life now? So he went on and he looked into it and he got that dental device. And on the day, people were ringing us going, what's that? What's he talking about? Can we find out some more? So we did. I've been speaking to dentist Nula Leiden from Leiden Dental in Carrigaline. Well, Nula... As you heard, Trevor was on the show with us a couple of weeks ago talking about sleep apnea. First of all, we discovered it's far more common than we thought. But secondly, he mentioned a device that he got in your practice, I believe it was, that helped with his sleep apnea. And we wanted to find out more. Okay, so sleep apnea is something that affects maybe a billion people around the world. But 85% of those will go around without even knowing they have it. Yeah. So where we come in as dentists is that we help supply um, um, these devices that fit over people's top and bottom teeth. Mm. And when they're fitted, they bring the lower jaw forward and they create a bit of space at the back of the throat, which which kind of unblocks things. Now, um, just, BJ, very briefly, and without, without going into too much detail, there are lots of different types of sleep apnea, but it's categorized really in three different ways. It could be mild, moderate, and severe. Uh-huh. And for the people that have moderate or severe, really um, the mandibular devices that we make, the mandibular repositioning devices, which is what they're called, <laughs> they're probably better off having something else um, to first of all, to try this thing called positive airway pressure. Yeah, and that's yeah. The kind of mask that goes over your face. That's that's the CPAP machine that they call Correct. it. And what what particularly drew this to our attention was Trevor had tried that, didn't like it, and thought there's got to be a better way. And that's how he found the dental device. So so what exactly is it? It sits over the the gums, is it? It does. Yeah. So the, I mean, as you say, the the. The CPAP is the gold standard, but it, it, it isn't, doesn't work for everybody in that they don't 
the compliance isn't always great. People find they find it very difficult to wear or it's got side effects that they don't like. But the devices fit over your, bot- your bottom and your top teeth. Um, so in order to have one of these, you know, they're not suitable for everybody. You need to have enough teeth. Um, you need to, your teeth need to be strong enough. So the foundations need to be good. Um, so it's important to be examined very carefully first to discover whether they would be suitable for you. What is it that it does? Does it, it, does it position the jaw differently? What does it do? Correct, yes. It, it brings the jaw a little further forward. And in so doing, you find that the tongue and other structures that are attached to the lower jaw, all of those are brought forward as well. So now all of a sudden, you've freed up the back of the throat. So it's much easier for air to get down. That's the rationale behind the treatment, really. Um, And look, when they work, it's fantastic. They don't work for everybody. Mm. There are some individuals, and it's very hard to predict who they will be, for whom the devices don't work particularly well for them either. Um, But they're more likely to be very successful for people who may just snore or who have mild to moderate sleep apnea. Mm. Um, But they're very useful in cases where, for the poor unfortunate people who have severe sleep apnea, but cannot tolerate or won't tolerate the Mm. uh, CPAP machines. I I would assume that everyone has to be individually fitted and checked for it. Correct, yes. I mean, you can buy some of these things over the counter, but the trouble with them is that they don't fit particularly well and they're not adjustable. And the important thing about any of these devices, and there are loads of them available, is that they have to be tailor-made. They have to be made for the individual. They have to be fitting really accurately to work properly. And crucially, they also need to be adjustable. So there is a particular position um, which is going to work optimally for the patient. So we're going to see an improvement in their condition and their symptoms at a particular position. And that that might not be achieved from the get-go. We might need to tweak the appliance a little bit to get it to the right place. Right. But once you find the right place, um, they, they can be very, very effective. Right. So it's a kind of a trial and error thing until you get the exact positioning right? Yeah, there, there's, there's a kind of given um, position which works for the vast majority of people, but not everybody will fit into that category. So we, we always uh, review a patient after fitting them and we may need to adjust it. And sometimes the patients adjust it themselves when we're happy that they know what they're doing. Um, but there are side effects to any of these things. There are side effects to the appliances. Um, and that's why we insist on sort of regular follows up, follow, follow-ups after fitting them. Um, a patient, for example, initially they may get little things like they, they might produce more saliva or their teeth may feel a bit more tender or their jaw joints might hurt a little bit initially. And those things kind of settle down. But there are long-term side effects um, mm. where the teeth can move a little bit with these appliances. And, and we try and minimize that by uh, advising a patient to do certain exercises yeah. and to come back for regular reviews so we can avoid the, the tooth changes or, or minimize them. And would it be a case, Nula, like, are they uncomfortable initially? Do they take a bit of getting used to? Because they sound, forgive me now if I'm wrong, they sound a bit like an orthodontic helmet that you'd wear to straighten very prominent teeth. They're not uncomfortable, are they, initially? 
Well, initially, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I supply certain, you know, various different models and I've tried them out on myself, all of them, because I wanted to know what they felt like. And um, listen, they have to be comfortable because they have to be worn. Yeah. And if they're not comfortable, you'll find them on the bedroom floor the, the next morning. Um, but they do take a little bit of getting used to. And, and that's really an individual thing. So you'll get some people who take to it immediately and they have absolutely no problems with it and they're thrilled to bits from the get-go. And you get others that you need to kind of work a bit more with. And uh, so, um, you know, it, it's about expectations too. You, you kind of warn a patient that it, they will feel a bit strange. Mm. Anybody that's had an orthodontic appliance will know that they can feel a bit strange initially. Indeed. And then you tend to kind of settle down into them, you know. Now, is it something that everybody's dentist can do or do you in 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 your practice have have certain training yes uh, we have we have training so we we have um uh, formed a society called the Irish society of dental sleep medicine um and there we, for many years we worked under the umbrella of the british society of dental sleep medicine and indeed the european society of dental sleep medicine but we decided the um interest was such that we decided to form our own society so uh, we have a website and uh, an email address and people can look that up and you'll find a, uh, find a dentist. So anybody that's on that has been on courses and uh, is trained uh, in dental sleep medicine. Um, so it's, um, I can give you that website if you wish. Yeah, please. Um, so it's www.dentalsleepmed.ie. And if people look that up, they'll be able to find a bit more about it, right. find about the symptoms and the signs and the different treatments and also where to locate mm. dentists trained in this. Are they costly devices? Um, they vary very much. So you can get, uh, you know, you'll get some that will cost. Uh, the, the answer is yes, it is an investment for people. But then the, the CPAP is, is, can be quite an investment for people too also. Um, in the UK, if you have a severe uh, sleep apnea, the NHS will fund it. But unfortunately, at the moment, we don't have anything like that set up. So we were actually going to commence talks um, w about it when COVID came along. So that kind of put, put it on hold. But we're trying very hard to get some sort of cover and to get maybe the or people's health insurance to cover them as well. Mm. Um, they vary very much. I mean, they'll, they'll range from about 800 euro to uh, 15, 1600 euro. Mm -hmm. um, and they can last for years um, or they may, you know, most of them are covered for two years. Um, mm. So it, it, it depends on the device. And the device you select will depend very much on the pe person's teeth and, and uh, how they bite and mm. whether they grind their teeth and things like that. Very know? much individual then and the, and the advice very is much. get it checked and, and all that. Trevor was very, very happy with his one. He threw the CPAP into the wardrobe and hasn't used it ah. since. And, and he was telling me how wonderful it was. And that's why I think we, we want to come back to see. So the, the, the website is probably the first contact for anybody who, who wants to know more. Absolutely, yeah. The website will give you more information and um, you, you'll find contact details there of dentists 
Um, you know, we've got dentists around the country um, who are trained in this and members of the Irish Society of Dental Sleep Medicine, and we'd be delighted. I mean, it, it's great to up the profile, uh, PJ, because, you know, as I said, there are so many people out there who do have this condition and don't realise it. And we as dentists, we, we can't diagnose the problem. We can screen for it, um, but we can't diagnose it. And we work very in very close liaison with sleep physicians, respiratory physicians, mm. ENT surgeons, GPs, um, because it is a, a multidisciplinary thing, but it's so important for people to recognize whether or not they have it, because unfortunately, if you do have it, there are, there are health consequences uh, to having sleep apnea. That's an interesting point that you make, actually. It's, it's my GP, for argument's sake, might diagnose me with sleep apnea, but I guess the awareness... Actually, why don't you get on to your dentist should be one of the first things that, that they say. Yes, I think it's, it's getting people um, aware of, of the problem and uh, recognising that the vast majority of people actually do not know that they have it. Most of us adults have a little bit of sleep apnea. Uh, that's not unusual. But if you have anything more than uh, a very mild sleep apnea, you really do have to get it diagnosed or should get it diagnosed because... The health uh, consequences are enormous. You've got a much greater risk of cardiovascular problems, you know, strokes, heart attacks, mm. uh, risk of diabetes. So, you know, it's really is important to get the message out there that if you feel concerned in any way that you might have this condition, it's better to be safe than sorry. Just get it checked. Um, there are simple sleep studies that can be done that will help with the diagnosis. Um, but discuss it with your GP, and your GP, if necessary, will refer you off to a sleep physician. Um, we see an awful lot through the dental surgery because we screen and we'll see um, patients. Uh, as dentists, we're in, we're in a good position to see some of the side effects that, are, that one sees due to sleep apnea, like tooth grinding or, or erosion on the teeth. Oh, so if I came to see a dentist, or my, say my dentist was a member of your organisation and that he or she would know by looking at, I might go for a filling or a scan and polish, or they would know the symptoms. Well, they'll certainly get a few red lights. So they'll say, oh, look, you're grinding your teeth, and they'll ask you a bit more about that. They'll see signs of that. Or they'll see, see signs of erosion where you're, you're, you, you actually get this reflux, and that can be due to sleep apnea as well. And so they'll see signs of that, and they'll question you more about that. And they may say, look... You, we need to investigate this further. And, and that's where we come in with liaising with GPs and with the sleep physicians. But we might be the first people to spot these because we're looking in people's mouths uh, day in, day All out. Time. Nula, it's been an enlightening conversation. Uh, this is a, a subject that I certainly, I knew it existed, but I had no idea how common it was. You've been very helpful to us and I, I, I suspect to our listeners too. So thank you very much for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you. Nula Leiden from Leiden Dental in Carrigaline. Google that association, the Irish Association of Dental Sleep Medicine, and you'll find out more. They're not cheap. They are not cheap. But, and they're, isn't it typical? You can get them on the NHS in the UK, but not the HNC. No, 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 no. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie All the stars on one show.
This is Dua Lipa. Hi, this is Tiesto. Oh, this is Shane Khan. Hey, this is Anne-Marie. Hey, it's me, Justin Bieber. This is Joe Corey. I go by the name of The Weeknd. The Hit Mix with Shane Bucks on your radio, weeknights from 8. With Newmarket Motors Volkswagen, test drive the all-electric ID4 at Newmarket Motors or visit newmarketvolkswagen.ie for more. Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Quartz 96 FM. Wait, later on this morning, I'll tell you why you might see a lot of spiders around the place in the next while. You will. And don't worry about them. They have no interest in you. They have another interest in mind. They're out for the ride. Tell you more in a while. I'm serious, and it's not a joke. Tell you after. 1850-715-996. Tomorrow is a national day of recognition for our frontline security and voluntary services. Ambulances, fire brigades, you name it, guards, anybody who worked on the front line. And a parade of 50 vehicles will leave the city at 11 o'clock tomorrow, uh, stopping outside CUH and heading out to Ballancolic down into Kennedy Key, just bringing the parade to the people, bringing their day to, because, of course, uh, it can't hold an actual parade just yet. Gerald D is National Engage- Community Engagement Manager with the National Ambulance Service. Gerald, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Uh, d- describe what's going to happen for us tomorrow. Yeah, so, PJ, um, generally, this, this would have taken place in Dublin. Um, it would have been a, a full... Patrick's Day type parade with vehicles marching bands and all of that but obviously Covid upset, upset that as well last year but I suppose this year now we're taking it regional so we're bringing it to Cork as well um, and and it's going to be seen from the, I suppose the land sea and air is our um, is, is how we're organising it here tomorrow uh, so from 11am in the morning we are going to have a parade as you as you said there of um, up to 50 vehicles including ambulances fire brigade um, and there's actually two very large military armoured personnel carriers taking part as well um, and what I might do PJ I suppose rather than going through the whole route but it is going to go out the North Ring Road it's going to end up going back down through the tunnel out as far as the Sarsfields Road, as you rightly said there, in front of the CUH, back down onto the Bandon Road roundabout, out as far west as we can go to come back in through Ballincollig, Straight Road, Western Road, and back down through Patrick Street. And it lend in as it uh, passes underneath you there on McCurtain Street. Um, so that would be the land-based event. For anybody who has an interest in the water, um, it is also the 75th anniversary of the Naval Service. Yeah. Um, and obviously the naval service would be would be close to us all here in Cork with the with their main base in Hall Bowling. So what can be seen tomorrow from about quarter past twelve in the Monkstown area, you'll have a flotilla of emergency service and services boats escorting four naval vessels up the Lee. Um, and we're expecting Rescue 117 helicopter to join us coming up from Waterford to fly overhead the uh, flotilla as well. So that'll be a fair old spectacle for anybody who might be out walking in the morning. They'll see it from, from Monkstone Passage, the Mahon Walkway. In fact, you'll see it from the food court in Mahon Point if you look wow. out the windows. Right. Um, it's and quite spectacular, by the sounds of it. It sounds like it's going to be a good day. Unfortunately, PJ, we can't bring people into the city to to see the vehicles and see all the equipment like we always would have done uh, in Dublin. 
but we're bringing the parade to the people um, and that's that's our best way we can we can still showcase everything well, well you know um, what I, I'm going to do now Jerry? I'm going to I'm going to ask people who are listening to us now who've described or heard you describe the route uh, I want them to come out tomorrow into their gardens outside their gates outside their front doors and just salute you as you go by to thank you for what you've done for us all in the last 18 months yeah, that's brilliant, PJ. Thank you. And and I suppose a, a good viewing point for people um, as well is that this will be moving quite slowly under full guard escort. Um, it will be visible from all the flyovers on the um, the South Ring Road. And I would imagine people in Douglas, if they're out shopping in the morning, will see it on the Douglas flyover. Now, I suppose just one last spectacular event that we are expecting. Um, the four naval vessels will come up into the Port of Cork, right up into the city, that's a closed-off private event. It'll be it'll be closed down by the Gardaí and things like that. But if people look to the skies, we should have a flyover of the Air Corps coming in low over the city um, in aeroplanes. Oh, what time so will that be, Jer? Quickly. That will. That's aiming. We're aiming for ex- in and around one o'clock lunchtime. Military um, timing. It'll be one o'clock. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All so right. with military precision, they're they're hoping to have the ships right. arrive into port for one and have the uh, the planes come in low overhead. It's just something that we wouldn't see in Cork. You'd see it all the time yeah. in Dublin uh, with Baldonnell up there, okay. but you don't see that in Cork. So. Right. I suppose we'll have a mini little Pearl Harbor display at our own lunchtime. <laughs> well, tomorrow it, it, it's going to be absolutely spectacular, Jeff. The opinion line on Corks ninety six FM. Hear the full show on our app by podcast or on ninety six FM The lines are live, and we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Thank <coughs> you. Mm. Oh, God, that was... Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Me mouthful here almost. David Sweeney was on with me yesterday morning. He's a solicitor. Uh... He was telling us how he's moved his firm to a four-day week. So they're closed today. So David has his day off. But he also runs a couple of food trucks, including Grilly McGrill Grill, which is the best name in the world ever. Thank you to David, who just sent us in our breakfast. We've just had lovely sambos with rashers and fried eggs and sourdough bread. God, we're all stuffed now for the day. Thank you very much, David. Very much appreciated. 1857-15996. I will tell you about spiders and about why there might be a lot of them around, but just don't worry about it. We'll tell you that in a little while. Also, there's quite a lot going on in the music industry in the last 24 hours. Some big announcements locally. The Opera House have had two great announcements in the last 24 hours. They've just announced this morning that the Coronas are playing the Opera House on the 6th of December. All going well. They'll be at the Opera House on the 6th of December. And one of my favourite shows, and I've seen this show six times, and I'm going back to see it again on the 25th of September. The Queen tribute, Flash Harry. Uh, uh, They're back in the Opera House. Tom Keating just announced yesterday, the promoter, that they're back in the Opera House yesterday, or tomorrow rather, on the 25th of September. Limited ticketing. It's only 60% capacity allowed under social distancing and all of that. But there's lots more coming out, announcements coming out in the music business. ABBA, for God's sake, two new songs from ABBA. 
I was listening to them last night and they're lovely songs. They're called Don't Shut Me Down and I Still Have Faith in You. They're all in their 70s now, Abba. But they've still got it. The harmonies, the, the production. Too f- and they're on Spotify or wherever you get your music if you want to look for them. New music by Abba. It's, it's great. And they have a, a concert, a virtual concert in London next year. They all figured they're not going touring now. They're all... Uh, 70-something and they're not the Rolling Stones like so they've got a virtual concert going where they'll be there in 3D images I I can't wait to see I just hope they stream it to the whole world anyway and there's more announcements in the music industry and we'll get to them uh, during the morning because Friday we like to look at nice things very nice things 1850-715-996 had an email from Morris about dentistry and I'm going to read this But I want to preface it by saying that you should follow the advice of your own dentist at all times. If you're in doubt, just say to your dentist, "Okay, I'm not going to get that done today. And then go and seek a second opinion and tell the person from whom you're seeking the second opinion that you're seeking the second opinion. But that having been said, Morris writes, picking up on your discussion yesterday about costs in the dental profession. This was when we were talking to the dentist from Cork who was telling us about veneers and about going overseas for veneers and some of the things that happen to people when they go overseas for veneers. And big pick up on that interview yesterday. A lot of people saying, you know what, I didn't know that. Dentists, says Morris, are bringing up the issue of extremely expensive root canals. It has gone from discussing fillings new fillings and cleaning and better oral health to root canal. Every time a tooth needs a filling or a filling needs to be replaced, a root canal is mentioned. What some dentists seem to be doing is using a very expensive sledgehammer to crack a nut. People should challenge the dentist about the view that a root canal is needed and get a second opinion if necessary. Just because a tooth is painful every now and again should not be a license for a dentist to rush in and panic a patient into getting a rip-off root canal. Dentists should act ethically and not be trying to coerce patients into root canals. That's Morris's email. I'd wonder where Morris got his dental degree. But that that's beside the point. My own dentist, who I've been going to for a number of years, and trust me, if it wasn't for Eric in Mahan, I would have a mouthful of old gravestones. Um has never once mentioned root canal to me, has pointed out once or twice that maybe one or two of my old teeth might be heading there some way, someday, but not now. He's never tried to push root canal on me. We may come back to this as a topic of discussion someday, but it's a fair point. If you're unhappy with what your dentist is advising, tell them, look, thank you, but not today, and go get a second opinion. But we'll come back to that. We will come back to it. Because root canal, first of all, I don't think anybody would willingly look for a root canal. Uh, They're expensive, and from anyone I know that's ever had one, they are bloody painful. In between the first and the second day, they're very painful. 1850-715-996. Here's a question for you. How would you know if you were burnt out? How would you know the difference between just being tired, wrecked at the end of a long week or a long month of work or a long few months doing exams or studying how would you know that you were tired and how would you know the difference between that and burnout and what is the definition of burnout anyway we read a lot about this person being burnt out and that person being burnt out so let's look into 
to it with Phoebe Webb, who is a, a health coach who helps people to recover from burnout and from chronic uh, fatigue. Uh, Phoebe, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. How are you? Very well, thanks. I wanted to start with that basic question. Two, really. What is burnout and how would I know I had it and I wasn't just fatigued? So um, when you're burnt out, you feel physically and emotionally exhausted. So it's not just feeling tired for a day and you have a good night's sleep and you feel okay the next day. It's an ongoing thing. Um, And physical kind of exhaustion can come in many different forms. So some people feel aches and pains, maybe some stiffness, some swelling. Um, Other people have bloating, you know, maybe constipation. Um, upset stomach. Some people eat more, some people eat less. They might suffer from things like headaches or skin rash, um, even kind of itchiness of the skin. Um, Perhaps maybe you've got like an illness, maybe, you know, even the the sniffles and you just can't shake them. Um, So it comes in a lot of different kind of physical forms, Um, but it also comes in like emotional So you can have, you can just basically stop caring about things that you usually care about. You stop maybe having compassion. Um, You know, you have this kind of decreased sense of achievement or accomplishment. So it doesn't matter how many things you tick off your to-do list. You're never kind of satisfied and you never feel like you've done a good job. Mm. Um, You know, you can be in a room full of people and just not pay attention to anything that anyone's saying. And you can leave without kind of remembering the conversation. Um, you know, you have like a lack of concentration, brain fog, forgetfulness. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I, you know, I used to be really organized, but I'm not anymore. I keep forgetting things and I keep, you know, dropping things or whatever it is. And having basically like a lack of motivation um, and a kind of get up and go attitude when you, when you know that's not you, you've kind of lost yourself a little bit and you know how you used to feel. And like I said, it's it's kind of, it's an ongoing thing. It's not just something that lasts a day or two. It, yeah. it lasts weeks and months and years even sometimes for people. I'm no psychologist or psychiatrist, Phoebe, but that sounds like a form of depression to me. Yeah, yeah. And it can be. I think people do, you know, either get confused or, you know, maybe they do suffer with depression or it could just be burnout. And not necessarily depression, but maybe people think, oh, maybe it is depression and and they go to talk to somebody about that. But it can be like all these other things. And it's just the the pressure that we put ourselves onto, like um, what Don was saying earlier about the leaving cert and stuff like that. That pressure doesn't go away. You know, we kind of learn that pressure in school. And when we go into the workplace and stuff, that doesn't go away, um, that pressure. And so when we're constantly in that state we can kind of get into a bit of a mind space where, yeah, where depression and stuff does occur. Mm. Sounds to me like one thing we need to do to avoid this is learn self-care. Yeah, 100%. And that's a huge thing about, obviously, what, what I do as as a health coach. You yeah. know, I, I kind of get people back on track with that because when we're kind of in these pressurized environments, whether it's um, what Don was saying earlier, doing the leaving cert or in a job, whatever it is, we tend to forget about ourselves. And our focus is solely on, you know, making a success of something or achieving something Mm -hmm. and almost kind of, you know, what other people expect of us. And we do, we put ourselves, you know, on the back of our to-do list and we forget about the importance of things like 
eating well, resting, sleeping, exercising, and things like that. They they just go to the back burner because a lot of people who I talk about, who I talk to, you know, they say, oh, I, you know, I think I'm kind of getting away with it. But we never do, you know, ultimately in the end, it does catch up with us. And yeah. these these kind of symptoms that I was kind of mentioning earlier, they, they do occur and, and they build up. Has the pandemic brought more people uh, to your attention, Phoebe? Have you spotted more burnout out there? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, for sure. Um, particularly with people, you know, working from home, um, particularly people actually who have a young family as well. It's it's really, really affected them because when they were kind of working in the office, they had a bit more of a structure and routine to their day. So, you know, they would get up, they would commute, they would be in the office, they would be there with colleagues, they would take their breaks or their, you know, their lunchtime, they might go and grab a cup of tea with somebody in the office, you know, they would have much more structure and routine. And when they started working from home, from the people that I've spoken to anyway, that routine kind of disappeared yeah, And that can really affect us physically and mentally as well. And, you know, for example, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have kind of started work until maybe 9.30. You know, they would commute, get into the office, turn the laptop on or whatever it is and start work. Yeah. And now what people are doing is they wake up and while they're boiling the kettle to make their morning coffee, they're turning their laptop on. And yeah. so they're kind of doing, checking the emails straight away. And they're like, oh, you know, I'll just do this for a little while and then I'll, and before they know it, it's like 11 o'clock. They haven't had any breakfast. They haven't even showered. They haven't got dressed. You know, it, it's totally affected people's routines. And um, yeah, now, and people have said that, that they had... How much is, is self-inflicted? And, and I'm not trying to blame anyone for their own difficulties here. But like, if you start work at 9 o'clock, you start work at, or 9.30. You start work at 9 or 9.30. You get into the mm. office... You'd, you'd make a coffee, you turn on the laptop and you pick up the phone or whatever. There's a certain amount of discipline involved in being up at eight o'clock, pottering around the kitchen, going out, feed the dog, that kind of thing. Take in the morning air. Take that 40 mm. minutes as a gift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of it is totally self-inflicted. You know, the the employers aren't expecting people to do this. Maybe some are. But most of the time it is totally self-inflicted because, you know, they're at home. You know, they might as well just put on their laptop. They might as well just check their phone for emails. It's kind of like like they're on call for the entire day rather than being able to switch from the office to to going home. So it's but it's something that people have really had to learn yeah. over the past year and a half. Um, and that's been really tough for people kind of getting into a routine at home when maybe they've had to homeschool their kids as well. Yes. and. Um, you know, perhaps maybe there's two people, you know, husband and wife or whatever, both working from home. Like that's been really tough for people. So it is self-inflicted, but also, you know, circumstances. a lot don't of people help. just didn't know what, yeah, they didn't know what else to do, you know, so it's totally um, understandable as well that people have lost that routine. Yeah. You mentioned the thing with, with, with the couple of kids and when they were home from school, it's very hard to focus on three hours work when you've got a couple of screaming kids hanging out of you looking for attention. Oh my gosh. I don't know how people have done it. <laughs> I don't have kids myself, but I, I don't know how people have done it. And, and most of my clients, you know, they do, they have young kids, you know, they're maybe ages between two and five. And um, it's been really, really tough for them to, to kind of do that. And they, they want, you know, they know themselves that they need to start kind of putting more self-care into them. 
and to kind of looking after themselves better. Mm. But it's so difficult when you do have a demanding job and you've got a family then as well. It is really hard to put yourself first. And I suppose that's where the coaching side of what I do comes in because I kind of come in and I remind them every single week and we kind of talk through it. And it's not just me giving information to them. It's really kind of getting them to figure out ways in, in, you know, so they can actually introduce it into their lives because it's really hard for some people to, you know, spend two hours cooking a meal or going to the gym for an hour or, you know, having these kind of large amounts of time that we think that we need. But actually it's, it's just about kind of taking the smaller things, smaller amounts of times, but doing them consistently mm-hmm. every day. And that's what really builds that kind of core foundation of health for a lot of people. So, you know, you don't need to spend an hour in the gym. You can maybe spend 10 minutes every single day if that's all you have. And then maybe later down the line, hopefully you do have more time. Yeah. But at the moment, it's about what can I do right now and what can I do every day? Lastly, um, Phoebe, we've got to get it into our heads, don't we? That taking time for yourself is not selfish. No, not at all. And actually, like, if you think about it, you really need it because for, you know, in order for your, you know, for your work to be good or for your career to kind of, um, you know, get on the ladder or in order for your um, children to kind of, you know, grow up and be loved and all those kind of things, you need to be your best because that's what they need from you. So they, they're going to suffer if you're suffering. And okay. a lot of people, that's just a switch that needs to happen into a lot of people's heads to if kind of realize that. If you don't take care that, of you, you not. can't take care of those around you. Phoebe, exactly. where can people yeah. contact you if they want to find out more or maybe even to, to, to work with you? So um, I have a website. It's phoebewebnutrition.ie. And I'm also on social media. So I'm on Facebook, Phoebe Web Nutrition, and Instagram, which is Phoebe underscore web underscore nutrition. All right. Good to speak with you on the opinion line. That's Phoebe Webb, who's a health coach. Take time for you. Take it shamelessly and take it because you need it. If you learn nothing from talking to, to people like Phoebe, learn that. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Cork's 96 FM. Kanye West, listen to this one. He's after asking an LA court to legally change his name mm-hmm. to Ye. Okay, that's his Twitter handle, isn't it? Yeah. Y-E, at Y-E. Yeah, yeah. so Y-E. Um, so he wants to be called Ye. I just think he wants people to sound more excited when they see him. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> he walks into a room. I haven't been cheered in a while, so I'm thinking of changing my name. Casey and Ross in the morning with no DC cars Blackpool for Skoda in the city. A long-standing tradition in Cork. Open 24-7 at milldc.com. Cork's 96FM. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 83 396 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. Uh, Phoebe Webb Nutrition, you'll find her there. Call us as I know plenty of people who can't wait to get back into the office because it means the end of all the juggling. Yeah, a lot of people said to me here over the year, look, I miss actually the 40 minutes to myself in the car. I miss it because at least, okay, I might be sitting there cursing the traffic, but at least it was time for myself, which is very important. 1850 I, I think I told you uh, that there'd be a lot of spiders around and not to worry too much about it. I was quoting a story that's in the press in the UK this morning which says sex crazed spiders are to invade our homes over the next few weeks so they'll be coming up the plug holes and coming out from under the floorboards and they'll be appearing at the top of the ESB fuse board and all those things for the next couple of weeks and you'll be chasing around and screaming and waving tea cloths and everything at them and that's just the fellas don't worry all they're doing is coming out for the ride. This is spiders mating season. I'm told that most of the household spiders that we see in this country and in the UK, September is their mating time. So they're coming out on the pole for the ride. So let them alone. They, they have no interest in destroying your house. They have no interest in hurting you. All they want is their ride. So leave them alone. Probably the best bit of advice we got all day. I love barbecue food, as you know. It's about the only thing I can cook without killing anybody. So when I hear of a fantastic new attraction at the Marina Market, where they're going to take it to a whole new level, I want to know more about it. Uh, Victor Franca, or France. Is it Franca or Franca? There's a sedilla under the sea, so I don't know, Victor. Yeah, sedilla. Yeah, so, morning. Morning, all. How are you? Uh, so, yeah, I'm good. How are you going? Good. Is it, is it Franca or Franca? So, it could be Franca for English speaker, but it's Franca in Brazil. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll go with your own. So, you are par- partnering up with Tom Durkin. Uh, to set up Asador down at the Marina Market. Now, I know what I do know a little bit about it. Asador is another name for a barbecue, but it's always a, also a way of cooking. And what are you doing down there? It's a, it's, a, it's a big venture. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. So here, 
we are basically trying to focus on the best ingredient and the best type of wood to cook everything over the fire or wood fire. Yeah. So the way how we cook is just like basically uh, over a rough fire, let's say. Yeah. It's over pure fire and it's it's a wood-based fire. It's like, it, it's, it, a, it's a step up from the charcoal we'd use on a barbecue, isn't it? Yeah, so, because, like, when I say about wood fire and select the best wood that I can for, to grill my, my steaks or any, any ingredient, so, uh, it basically means flavor. So, instead of charcoal, because the charcoal, you get, a, like, the smoke flavor from it, but not really 100% the, all, all the flavor that you could get from the wood. Yeah. Because it's already burnt. Yeah. So here we basically uh, fire the wood down and then get nice embers and all the flavor is still there. Right. So And then we cook over. Right. So normal charcoal, you get heat and sometimes you might get a flavor through it as well if you buy a particular brand. But, but, but your, your style of cooking is to cook the, the flavor into the food influenced by the wood. Exactly. So basically here, let's say we have a one steak that's the leg of lamb, and then we are cooking it over in, uh, olive wood. So like the embers that I can get and the flavor from the olive wood that goes through the the lamb steak, it's just some real. So mm. yeah, it's basically two ingredients, but it's, it's just like the flavor is just another level. Yeah, yeah. I noticed as well that y- you, you cook for a long time just there would be no embers under the meat you you use the heat it's it's it do you move the do you move the the the, the charcoal around yeah so basically here what we have is it's uh, two grills one side of grill it's on the left and another one on the right and the right in the middle we have a brasero or firebox that we basically gonna put the timbers inside there burn it down and then i get just like orange and red embers yeah. without flames and then i push it down to the grill and then that's how it goes yeah so yeah. without without flames just the embers just the heat yeah. and the flavor because i learned something about my own barbecuing this year if there were flames you're doing it wrong <laughs> yeah yeah i mean a little bit you can get some bitter flavor if you want a bitterness but like I, I wouldn't recommend yeah so what kind of things will you be cooking down down at uh, new Asador? so new uh, basically i wouldn't say is like a place that we grill everything so we have here vegetables for like a vegan or vegetarian op- options or we have the best steaks from tom Durkett and english market of course uh and we do everything like over an wood fire of course and also we serve with a sourdough bread and the chimichurri sauce, that's a traditional sauce that yeah. we use in South of Brazil and Argentina for a barbecue. Mm. So this sauce is also my recipe where, that I developed when I was in Buenos Aires, trying loads of types of chimichurri. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just a herby, garlic flavor, fresh, you know? Yeah. It's different than, than the heavy ones that we usually get with a nice steak. Right, yeah. Looking forward to, to coming down. Good luck with it. It's it's a new venture for you and a new venture for Tom. Yeah, yeah, it is. So how did, how did you get together? We are basically... I was looking for someone to produce some sausage that I also have here. No, it's a type of sausage that we use in Brazil and Argentina for a choripa. Oh, so yeah. chori means chorizo and pan means bread. So it's a, it's a sandwich. Uh, so... Because I want a meaty sausage, 
Yeah. So I was talking with Tom, and then during the lockdown, I was like, you know what? We should do something together. I have a, I have an idea. What do you think? And then he was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And you're at the Marina Market there the, the weekends, is it? No, we are here seven days a week. Seven so days a week, brilliant. Seven days a week, yeah. So any day, just pop over and we'll be here grilling steaks and everything over in a wood fire. All right, all right. It's a, it's a great new venture and uh, good, glad to, to talk to you about it. Down at the Marina Market, that is Victor Franca and he's joined up forces with the legend that is Tom Durkin for Nua Asador. It's Argentinian-Brazilian type cooking, a new form of barbecue. I, uh, I can smell it. I want to go down there now. And they're open at the Marina Market seven days a week. 1850-715-996. Jar <laughs> says, thanks very much for nothing. I suffer from severe arachnophobia and have just brought up me breakfast. Oh, you can't win, can you? Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. After an absence of some years from playing in his native Cork City, Rory Gallagher returned in 1987 to perform for the first time at Cork. Opera House. This September 18th, Sinner Boy, the acclaimed Rory Gallagher tribute act, will recreate that show in full at the Opera House with limited tickets now on sale. Access all areas. It Takes a Village has announced that it returns to Trebolgan Holiday Village on Friday the 18th to Sunday the 20th of September. The lineup includes the Blind By podcast, Fish Go Deep, John Francis Flynn, and more, with tickets from the festival's website, ittakesavillage.fm. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on Lisa. On Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850 715 On Cork's 96FM. Quick reminder to you that all the festival stars are in your back garden with the Back Garden Festival from Cork's 96FM. Streaming exclusively online. Brought to you by Harvey Norman and JBL. Your specialist in sound for this summer. Listen on our app or go to 96fm.ie. Somebody on the phone accusing me of wanting to be a shock jock by saying that spiders are out for the ride. Listen, if that makes me a shock jock, where have you been listening? What have you been listening to? Dear Lord, you poor man. 1850-715-996. Now, we've been told, according to this roadmap, this COVID roadmap, that will be those of us who've been working from home exclusively or even partly will be coming back to the office after the 20th of September, as they say, public health conditions permitting. Now, I've been sort of doing half and half for the last 18 months and I like it and I'm probably going to keep doing it. But some people will have no choice. They'll have to come back into the office. Um, One of the things that might be bothering you, particularly if you're a woman, like, we men, generally, we don't care. Do you know? We just don't care. I'd throw on whatever's clean in the morning. And from from May to the end of September, I wear shorts, basically. And whatever shirt happens to be hanging around that's washed and reasonably clean. 
But I know that for women coming back into the office, it's a big deal. It's it's more of a, a deal for them. Uh, some of them in particular, it boosts their confidence and it, it, it makes them feel better about themselves. And sometimes it even gives them a, a more of a, this is what they tell you, a more powerful feel. Um, and it's a big thing for them. So forgive me if I don't understand that, but I accept it. So a lot of them will be worried about, okay, going back into the office now after a year and a half sitting at home in my sweatpants and, and a good blouse on top so that I can have my Zoom meeting and at least look look well. So let's catch up with Sharon Huggard, uh, style coach. Sharon, good morning to you. Good morning, TJ. How are you? Good. And it is true. <laughs> we, we, we men just don't care, you know. Um, but, but women who've been sitting around in, in, in sweatpants and blouses for the last eight, uh, 18 months, they're probably half afraid now at this stage yeah like i suppose you know women dress you know we like I, what i try to get is women dress for you know dress for yourself but in general we dress for you know if it's mary in the office she's kind of stylish so i'd up my game for her on a girl's night out you know pamela she's always you know so we kind of up our, our style maybe for other people <laughs> and we didn't have that when we were at home because it was just ourselves so you know you know why you know it's I try to kind of get people to, you know, dress for yourself because when you look good and feel good, it's kind of it, it's it just gives you that boost and gives you that confidence. And you know, yes, we we have all been you know wor- working at home and there's been different, you know, kind of um, things going on and all the rest of it. And style and fashion and comfort has been important. And comfort isn't going anywhere. You can still go back to the office and feel comfort, you know, comf- confident and comfortable as well. It's kind of socially acceptable now for, for women to wear gym gear everywhere. So will it ever be acceptable in the office to come in in your jacket and your and your top and, and a pair of Nike leggings, for example? Well, you know, I, I you know, it's, it's, it's really about, I suppose, office had changed anyway before. Offices had kind of got a little bit more, you know, we started off with their um, casual Fridays and then the, the, the lines blurred and all the rest of it. I remember when I was working on the South Mall many moons ago, um, it was very clean, very easy. You know, you wore a suit and it just there was kind of freedom in that, in, in that you didn't have to think about it. Whereas now there's so much choice and sometimes we get overwhelmed by yeah. what is what isn't acceptable and what is. So I would say to my clients is just have a few key pieces for work that you feel good in, you know, that the, and even if you have to put on weight at the moment, that you have a few key pieces that are transition, that you don't have to have loads of clothes in your wardrobe. It just, I, I kind of think, you know, fewer clothes, more outfits, and keep it simple because, you know, we've enough going on. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. So mm-hmm. keep it simple um, and just have those few pieces. And especially for people that are going back to the work, maybe one in three weeks or two in five days and that kind of thing, just have a few pieces that fit you at the moment um, because that's a huge issue for a lot of my clients is that they kind of have put on the COVID curves and the quarantine 15 and all the rest of it. And they are feeling a little bit vulnerable, a little bit kind of, oh God, you know, they don't, they've, they've been maybe hiding in their home for the last 18 months as well and people haven't seen them. And now they're kind of, oh God, okay, this is real. I have to go back and nothing fits me. I have a wardrobe full of clothes and nothing fits me. So getting a few transition pieces that you feel good in and you can accessorize them and change them up and that kind of thing. But a few key pieces that you feel good in um, and get your, your clothes ready the night before is a great idea as well. Because what happens when we wake up in the morning, we're in the day, you know, your, your alarm didn't go off. You press snooze too many times and we'll wear 
the same thing that we wore, you know, all the time. So um, I was kind of say to you to get your clothes ready the night before so that you can just put on something new and different. And it does it even bring that bit of joy back in. There's been very few things that can, can yeah. give us joy at the moment. And you can just kind of go, God, you know, I'm looking forward to putting that on or I'm looking forward to going back to work. And we kind of get to decide as well. You know, I know some people don't want to go back to work or maybe nervous about it as well. But we can maybe reframe that and kind of go, oh, you know, just think about if you haven't been able to go to the toilet <laughs> by yourself for the last 18 months, <laughs> yeah. you know, you get to maybe go for a cup of coffee, have a chat mm. and, you know, even listen to Audible in the car or yeah. because there hasn't you know, been that tra- transition. What I think is a little bit sad, Sharon, and, and, and this is coming now from a place of being a guy. Right? Yeah. Who, as I say, for most of it, it's just a case of, okay, literally here, if we were having a particularly special studio guest, I I would consciously dress up a little bit. Yeah. But otherwise, no one really cares, do you know? Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's a little sad that women feel under pressure to to do themselves up, to use that expression, for the office. Who's putting the pressure on them? Who, who's putting that? Are they putting it on themselves? Is it other women? Is there a sense of competition? Or do they feel that they have to look well to be accepted or something? Well, you get, there, there's, you know, it's probably all of those things. You know, if you're working with somebody that is particularly glamorous, I think you do kind of go, oh, Jeannie, back, I better up my game here. And I think that is, you know, and, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing either because, you know, I'm not talking about being dialed up or being, but just kind of being confident in yourself. I mean, it could be, you know, a nice top and trousers, but are you just, it's about you and the feeling that you, you know, how you feel in the office and how you feel, what, who are you bringing to the office? Um, you know, I think a lot of us, while we did enjoy the freedom of the sweatpants and I did too, I'm not going to lie. Um, and even the first week, I think it was my pajamas <laughs> because it was such a shock. Um, but I think that it's just the feeling that you, you know, when you step into your role and I think especially working from home, there was so little you know, there was no, it was all very grey. You know, you were at home, you were loading the dishwasher one minute, pushing up, maybe, you know, do, doing something like that. And then you were inside, you know, doing a Zoom. So it was just about maybe, you know, who, it's, this is defining your role in work. And this is, this is, you know, Sharon, work Sharon. And th- so this, the, you know, that I would kind of use to close as a tool to empower yourself and feel, you know, rather than for somebody else. That's why I kind of see dress yourself and for you to feel confident and you to feel empowered rather than somebody else. Yeah. yeah. So you talk about a few specific pieces. So what yeah. should you have sort of as a, if you like, a go-to set? Again, it's just so different for every industry, but because, you know, there's there's just so many different, but like even even like one piece dressing a dress you know a kind of a day dress would be maybe nice for somebody in an office because it's one piece and at the moment people don't really want to be tucking trousers in <laughs> or tucking tops into trousers and that kind of thing they feel a little bit maybe vulnerable but a nice a nice trouser a top um like even if you want to wear a jacket you don't have to wear it like in the traditional style of you know kind of that formal wear that I would have worn back in my day in the South Mall it could you could have a t-shirt underneath it and you can bring your style and bring your personality to it and that's what I love about now is the choice of bringing you can bring a little bit of you to work whereas before it was very you know black and white but with that it brings a lot of choice and choice isn't always mm. <laughs> good because we it, it overwhelms us and we get decision fatigue so that's why I would say get your get a few pieces that you're not having loads of 
loads of decisions to make and get your outfits ready the night before. Yeah. Is it more comfortable for some people that certain workplaces, I'm thinking now like places like hotels and some of the big department stores, for example, for people in that line of work, require a uniform or a dress code? Yes. Yeah, 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 it is. And like as said, that's the, the thing that, you know, has kind of, is that decision and that feeling, oh my God, or what. And your idea of casual and somebody else's idea of casual are very, very different. And even that's a lot of employers are having that kind of, before the pandemic, we're having that kind of, oh God, you know, you know, we haven't given the guidelines very clearly. So as you said, someone's rocking in maybe in a pair of leggings and that's fine, you know, if you're, if that's the environment, you know, a lot of marketing or younger, you know, younger environments would be, maybe like that, but then some were more corporate, mightn't. So the guidelines were always a little bit, little bit grey. So there is a huge, um, people do find it comfort in a uniform and then their clothes at the weekend are them and that's their off time. So there's that separation as well. Okay. Sharon, good to talk with you. That's Sharon Hubbard. Thank you so much. The, the style coach. Thank you, Sharon. Um, I, I still, admit, look, maybe some of the women listening this morning might, might, might chat with me on this or send me a, a voice note or something. Do you know, why do you feel under such pressure to make an impression every day? To, to dress up? Because one thing I noticed about working with women, they, they, they wear something different every day. Whereas fellas like me would get I get a week out of the one pair of trousers and, and two days out of the same short as long as it's clean or three days sometimes. Why do people change every day? Help me out here. I'm just a fella. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. We had a lot of response to our earlier discussion with Jackie about school transport and buses and all of that. And I reminded you, it's a perennial problem. Comes up every September. Deirdre says, we take two buses to get from Carrie Tool to Bishopstown to attend St. Gabriel's at 20 to 8 in the morning. We get to school at 10 past 9. We're awaiting transport approval. Like, why is Deirdre still awaiting transport approval in September? That just doesn't make sense. They're talking about being short of drivers, says this caller. I'm a man who did it all my life with bus Aaron and contractors. When I reached 70, they have a policy. You can't drive for bus Aaron anymore. I'm passed as medically fit for driving. This is one dimension as to why they're suddenly so short of drivers. There's a load of us sitting around messaging each other in a group, listening to all the talk on the radio stations, saying, no wonder. You see, there's another problem. Then we got this. Uh, Heather was on to us. It was a Facebook message that she sent. So I was listening to you there on the radio about the transport to special schools. My son is in the same situation, still waiting to hear. I don't drive. If I was to walk or get the bus with him, it would take him an hour to get to school and he'd be grumpy as his legs get very sore when he's walking. So it's not an option. I'm paying €30 Euro a day for taxis. During the week, I was speaking to a driver who himself is waiting for a run. He said the problem is the taxi and bus companies say they have maybe 60 buses, taxis available, when in reality they only have maybe 30. So they get the 60 routes but come the end of August, have to give back 30. 
These then have to go back to Dublin to get contracted out again and reallocated. As I see it, the main problem is they need a system for companies to be able to prove they actually have the cars and buses they say they have. It shouldn't be going to Dublin. They should have people in Cork sorting out the contracts. They know the companies and they have a better chance of checking them out. Also, this thing of changing drivers and routes to save a tenner is ridiculous. The kids get used to the drivers. Some kids don't get escorts, so the drivers have to concentrate on driving as well as watching the child. Some are as young as five, and some can get very bad in the taxi, very upset, depending on the day. Myself, I've emailed and spoken to someone from Bus Air in both in Dublin and Cork, and was told somebody would ring me back, but nobody did. I got an email in June to say he was approved, and that was it. Nobody then notified me that he wouldn't have his transport. Drivers have been told it'll be Monday or Tuesday when it's sorted, and I really hope it is, because I can't afford €30 Euro a day for weeks on end. If you drive, you can get a grant to cover fuel, but if you don't drive, you get nothing. And that's another thing. Uh, the bus Aaron email that we got yesterday mentioned COVID and COVID-19 and the whole... That's guff. That's pure and utter guff, because this happens every September. It happened last September... It happened the September before, and the September before, and the September before, and the September before, when there was no COVID. Why it is that someone like Deirdre, who needs two buses every day, is waiting in September for approval? That's just not good enough. Not good enough at all. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96FM.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96FM.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. 1850-715-996. Last hour of the week on The Opinion Line. Anything that uh, tickles your fancy for the last hour, do give us a call, uh, send us a message, pop us a voice note or whatever. Actually, next week, uh, we'll be coming up to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. That terrible, terrible thing that happened at the World Trade Center in New York, uh, September of 2001. And I think it's one of those moments, and I'm well enough old enough. I was uh, full, I was what age was I? When that got away, it's 20 years ago, I'm not going to tell you. But I remember it exactly where it was and what I was doing. And I think most people who were anything like 10 years or older know where they were and what they were doing and who they were with and how they first heard the news and what they thought was happening. So next Friday to mark 20 years since 9-11, because it won't be on, on air on the 11th, we're going to mark it in some way. We haven't quite figured out what we're going to do just yet. I have all of the newspapers from that particular weekend, all of them upstairs in a box in the attic. So I might bring some of them in. But it was awful. It was awful. And it was the most horrible thing. And I remember the story breaking. I was on my holidays at the time. I'll tell you more about it next week. But 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to look into that next week. 1850-715-996. But first, on regards to dressing for work, the idea of what you wear for work and how much a big decision it is, how it's a much bigger decision for women rather than men. Mary Jane, can you shed some light on it for me? Good morning. Hi, PJ, how are you? Um, I can, of course, yeah, just from, I suppose, my own perspective, like when I heard Sharon talking there about working on the South Mall um, in the old days um, and wearing a suit, I remember being in a a retail environment where you had to wear a suit. Um, I was working for uh, one of the mobile phone shops at the time and I was uh, the manager and even like every single person, well, the management all had to wear suits and then the staff had to wear, the men had to wear a shirt and tie and the women had to wear a blouse and trousers or a blouse and skirt. Um, But I suppose we've all evolved now and dressing, um, kind of grooming policies and stuff um, are still obviously in existence. But I think a lot of um, companies have relaxed their grooming policies. Like I remember when I started working, you weren't allowed to have tattoos on show or anything like that. So I think um, now it's become very individual. And I think that actually does put a bit of pressure, as Sharon was saying on people, you know, mm. because before, if you had, you know, if you had to wear a suit or you had to wear black pants and a top or whatever, yeah. it was just easy. That was how you do it. But like that's a lot the bit of I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. That's the bit I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to understand, Mary Jane. And yeah. having worked with the same people for the bones of 30 years now do you know I noticed that the women in an office uh, tend to change their clothes every day and and, and they always yes. look that, like they made an effort in the morning um, whether they need to or not and and the men generally we just wear whatever happens to be convenient or whatever we, you know whatever's yeah. clean sometimes right yeah <laughs> and who's putting in my Am I wrong in thinking that the women feel under some pressure to look great? And where's the pressure coming from? Like, I think it depends. It very much depends. It's a very individual thing. Like, a lot of the time you'll hear people saying, oh, you know, who are women dressing for or whatever. And a lot of the time, actually, I know myself, you know, I'm in my 40s. So when I go into the office, I want to feel good. And obviously things have changed massively um, since COVID and that, you know, people aren't dropping in anymore. So everything is very much appointment led or, um, you know, there's been like an embargo practically for most uh, in most places and in our office um, for the last while on people calling at all or having um, in-person meetings. It's all been Zoom. Um, But I think like I dress definitely for myself. But if I were to look at my old self, we'll say through the 20s and the 30s, it definitely, I mean, obviously in the 20s, you're kind of finding yourself a little bit more, I think. You're finding your identity, you're finding your feet. So I think with that, you're very much influenced maybe by other people. In the 30s, I would have said that I was very influenced by things like magazines and like what celebrities were wearing or what was fashionable. And now I actually just wear what I feel good in. So like at the moment, I will say, right, um, skinny jeans and stuff are kind of going out of fashion and the bootcut ones are coming back in. Mm. That's a nightmare for me um, because I love 
um, more fitted, more kind of tailored stuff. It suits me better. So I'm not going to go with the trend and be, you know, in bell bottoms, you know, high waisted bell bottoms with patterns on it because it's fashionable because it doesn't it's it wouldn't make me feel good, although like it might be fashionable or whatever at the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's kind of what but that's what's coming back into fashion. So I think with it, it's a it's a really generational thing. I think it depends on where you are in your life and kind of where your head is at. Um, and like for me now, I wear what I know looks good on me. So I don't really necessarily care if it's extremely fashionable mm. once it looks good on me. And like when Sharon was talking there about, um, you know, having individual pieces and a kind of a transition wardrobe and stuff like those are like things like your black pants, your navy skirt, your good pair of denims, your nice blazer, you know, and like having all those kind of things. And I always feel like once I have like maybe a jacket or, you know, it could be even like a, a piece of jewellery or something to accessorize something, then mm. I'll, I'll feel good about how I look. But I think it's, di- it, it is different for everyone. Yeah. So and in, I in the answer to my question, you're doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. But, but if you take back to when I would have been working in a department store, high-end department store days, we, there was a grooming policy, which was fine. And there was a massive amount of competition about who was wearing what and stuff like that. Um, definitely among the younger girls back in, the, you know, to look trendier and have this, that. and Was there you know, a bit who, of bitching, like, Mary Jane? There, yeah, like there was a little bit of like, oh, you know, like, I mean, you know, if Penny's got a black, because the, the grooming policy was obviously everyone had to wear all black. So if Penny's got a new kind of dress or, you know, skirt or whatever, and everyone will be like, running towards pennies uh, to buy it because, you know, it was something new or whatever. I just kind of used to stick with them very, I always accessorized a lot. So Mm. I always wore like chunky jewellery or whatever and kind of kept the the base of the outfit very plain. Um, But I think, yeah, like in in that, it depends on the the work environment. Like here we have a very relaxed policy um you know as long as you know we've casual fridays which like i said to you there now i'm a, i'm at my in my yoga pants at my desk today but on monday like that wouldn't be happening because um it's not casual friday but i think in a younger like in an environment where there's maybe a lot of women and it's a very glamorous environment it can be very competitive yeah um i'm glad i'm glad we don't have some, that problem as a man as a man I yeah. don't have that problem. and then and then if you work in one of the bigger multinational companies you know they have a kind of a, a different attitude altogether where you can come to work in your slippers if you want and your dressing gown you know it's it's they have that sort of an attitude like some of the bigger multinational companies but definitely with women i think you know for me anyway personally um as i've gotten older it's definitely for myself Good. but when i was younger it was definitely kind of a there would be an element of maybe slight competition or something you know all right all right okay that's that's great always mary jane thank you for that uh, she just messaged to say she was sitting there in her yoga pants and she didn't care so we had to talk to her thanks mary jane 1850 if you go through balancolic on a regular basis you will see there's a lady there who you'll see going around with a litter picker and a little carry bag. And she's, she's, she's part of the furniture there. And James Toomey from the Boys and Girls at Naka uh, posted a picture of her this morning. And it turns out that she has quite a fan club. Kitty O'Callaghan, good morning to you. Good morning. <laughs> How long are you doing this? Um, a long, long time. <laughs> I say about... 50 years. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I gave it up then for a while, but I'm back with um, Tom Butler and all of those Maureen Holdens uh, for the past 15 years. Right, right. Yeah. And how did you start doing it? I suppose, why did you start doing it? I just like to see the place clean. And, you know, and when you look back and see all the street clean, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You're living in Ballancolic a long time? I've lived there 74 years. <laughs> and and you've seen changes then? Oh, I had an awful lot of changes, yeah. yeah. Do you think people have gotten dirtier, untidier? Oh, yeah. You see, because there's a lot of uh, takeaway now and they just throw the stuff in the street. Yeah. And then the birds have a lot to do with it as well. Why, they drop stuff? Well, they pull them out of the, the bins, the birds. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So. And you're such a, a piece of the furniture down there at this <laughs> stage. You <laughs> wave to everyone passing by. Uh, the, the picture of the jam. Oh, so what time do you go out? Do you have a set time every day or is it just when you feel like it or what? Well, I go around seven right. in the morning. Right. You're an early riser then. Yeah, and I'd have it all cleaned in before anyone come out. And which is nice. How how yeah. long do you go for? I mean, do you go about two hours a day? Right. I go for the seven days a week. Seven days. And how far from your own house would you go, say, Kitty? Well, I go from my house. I live in Father Sexton Park. Right. I go from there. I do both sides of the road back to a uh, subway or back to Tesco's. Then I come back and I do the car park and the whole village. Right. Crikey. Yeah. Keeps you fit as well, I suppose, does it? It do. It's, it's great to get up and get out. Good. Good. Kitty, hold on there, yeah. because the, the man who put you up on Facebook was James. Hi, James. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good morning. You, spot, Hi, you, Kitty. you spotted this legend. Yeah, I've, I, I'm just walking up that way uh, all the week and I, I've seen her every morning and I just, I just admired her. I was just you know, she's an inspiration, in fairness for watching what she's doing. But I don't know, Kitty, would you remember, I passed you the morning, I was in a big van and I beat you, I waved at you, I gave you a thumbs up. Yes, I do, yes. That was, yeah, that was me, and I saw you again this morning, uh, uh-huh. doing the quad uh, sweeping, and I said, you know what, I have to give this woman some recognition. I said, that's amazing, you know. I said, every community exactly. needs to see this, you know. Yeah. Do you know what's great, and it's not just the fact that you're volunteering and, and giving of your time and doing this, Kitty, is, what, you're, what you're making sure of is that you're taking litter off the roads and you're keeping plastic out of the river and you're keeping yeah. litter out of other places. You know, you're, you're doing it. I think you're probably doing an awful lot more than you realise. Yeah, but I recycle uh, lots of the stuff. I recycle all the bottles, cans, glass bottles, all in separate bags and then Pat Clark collects everything on Sunday morning. Brilliant. Yeah. You're brilliant. You're you're yeah. you're, you're you're an absolute legend, Kitty. Yeah. And it's an honour to chat with you, uh, Kitty O'Callaghan, and James Toomey from the Boys and Girls of Knocka Facebook page. Next time you're around Ballinghollig in the morning time and you spot a lady picking up litter, give her a wave. Give her a wave and say thanks. That's Kitty O'Callaghan doing a great job for her community. Actually, speaking of women, there's a woman. I mentioned this years ago on the show. Um, in fact, I was I was on the news years ago and there's a woman who walks every single morning of the year up and down Maryborough Hill. So regular is she that I can time 
my leaving the house by her. If she's in a particular position on the hill, I'm late. I'd love to know who she is. She walks everywhere. Now, Michael, who also lives on the hill, told me years ago he knows her and salutes her. But no one knows who she is. Um, she just keeps going, walking along, ploughing along every morning, and she's still there. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996 On Cork's 96FM. We kicked off this morning by talking about the Leaving Cert and by chatting with Don O'Leary, Director of the Life Centre. Not just about his own students up there, 12 for the Leaving Cert, but the other students around the city and county and you know how we should be with them and for them today and how whatever they got is an achievement and however they did is a huge achievement for them and we said we'd check back in with the Life Centre and Luke how are you? Hiya You got your results this morning unless you want to tell me I'm not going to ask you how you did but are you happy? Oh yeah to be honest I actually surprised myself Right So were you nervous? Oh yeah Yeah So what was it like getting the results? Um. I don't know, I can't really explain it, like, but it was just kind of, they were just handed to me and I kind of looked at them and, you know, I was just, it kind of, I was shocked, like. Yeah. And when you came to the Life Centre first, uh, did you ever think you'd sit and do a leave insert? I'd say it was questionable, like, do you know? <laughs> yeah. And what do you want to do now or what's your plan now? Um, hopefully I'd like to, to go to sea and do nautical science down in MTU. That's the plan. Right. And have you qualified for that, do you think? I will find out on Tuesday, hopefully. Yeah, that's another stressful time. I know, yeah. Yeah. Have they been helpful for you dealing with the stress? Oh, yeah, definitely. Without, without them, I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're, you're... Thanks for taking my call and, and for being there at the end of the line. Remind, if, if you feel like sharing a bit of, of why you came to the Life Centre in the first place and how much of a change it's been for you. Well, I suppose, obviously, I kind of fell out of the mainstream and then uh, I was kind of at home for a while, kind of a bit lost, I suppose. Yeah. But then uh, my mother, they found the Life Centre and I kind of came here and without them, I don't know where I'd be today, really, but, like, a lot changed and and where I am today, I suppose. Yeah. And what was different about it? Um... I don't know, it's just the environment really and just kind of, it's kind of more personal, like more supportive, you know, around, we're like one big family, like, you know, but in, in a school like of six, seven hundred, you'd almost be invisible, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're one of twelve doing yeah. even search today and, and you're you're ecstatically happy, I think, and, and all your friends, how, how, how are the others doing? They're all happy anyway, I think, so that's the main thing. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Well, listen, congratulations to you and to, to everybody. I, I call it the place that magic happens, and I think magic has happened for you, Luke. Yeah, thank you. All right, take care. Thanks, bye. Uh, enjoy, in, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the celebrations, and good luck on Tuesday. I sincerely hope you get your course. And if you thank don't, you. as you know, there's always another way. Exactly. Good man. Thanks. All right. That's Luke. He's just gotten his results at the Life Centre, and he wants to go off and do... Um, Maritime engineering and all that kind of stuff. Good for him.
good for him. And there's many more like him. Many more like him. 1850-715-996. And thanks to Don and Rachel and to Luke's family for helping us with that. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Mentioned earlier this morning how we're starting to get more shows confirmed and even in the coming weeks, we'll have stuff happening and we'll still have to observe a bit of distancing and capacity won't be what it might be. But listen, we're getting there slowly, but surely. And a couple of shows announced in the Opera House, the Corona's being announced for December and, of course, the um, Queen Tribute announced for the end of September. Let's turn our attention to another fabulous event next weekend, which has Rebecca Storm and Jack O'Rourke, and some fella called Ross Brown. Uh, and it's all put together by the songstress, Marguerite O'Connor. Hi, Marguerite. Is she there? She's on the WhatsApp. She was on the WhatsApp. Uh, we'll try and... <laughs> we think we can get her back there, there, Fiona. Yeah, this is called the Swing by the Lee Outdoor Concert Series. Uh, they're having it next weekend uh, down at Photo House and Garden, and they have a super lineup. And before I get a chance... Okay, she's not going. She's not there. I'm going to take a take a tune. Uh, Marguerite has set up a super weekend of events. Uh, Jack O'Rourke is there on Saturday at two o'clock. Ross Brown is a Saturday at seven, and then they have a musical theatre day on the Sunday at one, and they have the great Rebecca Storm on Sunday the twelfth at six thirty. Uh, there is a tailback on Forge Hill. Liam was on to say that a refuse truck has broken down. Can we issue, will we try her again? Hi, Marguerite. Hi. There Hi, you PJ. Are. There you are. There you are. Lost. <laughs> you, were, you were lost in the WhatsApp <laughs> space for a second. I was in, in the realm. <laughs> that's some lineup that you have next weekend. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're very, very excited. I suppose this event has progressed and grown from strength to strength since we started it in 2017 um, in Fitzgerald's Park. And we just, yeah, we're super excited. I mean, Jack O'Rourke is a superstar. Um, Rebecca Storm, we're just thrilled to be bringing her back to Cork. You know, she's she's very popular, obviously, with Cork audiences. And we've added comedy. We've Ross Brown um, coming in as a comedian. And that's on top of the regular Swing in the Park shows, which have almost 40 performers over two days. These, uh, these are the headlines, but yeah, who else do you have performing? You have a huge lineup. Yes, yeah, so, so there's myself as the songstress, there's Conor O'Shea, the loungeman, um, there's Fiona Kennedy, there's Jill McGee, Mary Norberg, there's Kayla Marr, there's, I'm going to run out of names now, and if any people, um, Anya Carroll, uh, Fabulous. Yeah, we we just there's about forty. We've you know we've a, a band, we've a live band, we've screens, we've you know musical theatre covered, we've original music covered, we've swing, jazz, mm. soul, pop. It's just yeah, it's fantastic. We we're just so excited. Uh, this time last year, I suppose we were after going online, and I suppose swing in the park became swing by the Lee because we went to an online event and went around and I spread singers across four different locations across Cork City. 
Um, and I suppose expanding then, we've had demand to go into the county areas and photo house and gardens is just yeah. a magnificent space. It's a, it's a gorgeous Huge. setting. It's a gorgeous setting. It's yeah. beautiful. They have beautiful gardens. You know, it's next to the wildlife park. There's a train station down there. So I suppose, you know, as you know, I suppose planning for events starts months in advance. So we kind of have to plan ahead with big, wide open spaces. And we're just very, very excited. It's, um, you know, we'll have a full stage, big, big, uh, band you know so it's live music at its best coming back but still keeping that very relaxed picnic yeah. seated kind of style and we'll have food vendors and people are free to roam around the gardens and grounds before it and after yeah. it if they want as well so it's really a kind of whole weekend of just bringing back now, live entertainment and the, the rules change Marguerite as of as of Monday so does that mean you can accommodate more people than you thought you could it does it does, and, and we're very excited, and the numbers are flying up, thankfully. Um, now, we still have to be careful, obviously, and we're still kind of, you know, maintaining distancing and things like that. Yes. Um, but as I said, we're not kind of ushering people into pods or anything like that, and we never planned to do that anyway. There's, you know, you can you can kind of come and relax and Sit throw down please, the blanket or bring whatever you want. Uh, yeah, so we're, I mean, as you said, we we had to plan this, I suppose, with the limited number of 200 people in a field that technically can fit about 5,000. So it's 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 just amazing now that we can we can add numbers to it, you know, and we so have seating for people, you know people what, who don't want to. Do you know to. how much capacity you have now? Yeah, I mean, we're going to try and limit it to the 500 still just to, just to maintain, I suppose, some semblance of um, structure and, and, you know, timing with people roaming around wide open spaces as well, I suppose. So we're going to limit it to the 500 and kind of set it out that way because we've seating, we've some seating to put in, people have purchase seats some people would bring their own seats so there, there's a big mix going on so we're going to keep it into a, a kind of 500 people max per show yeah you'll be you'll be you'll be relying on the weather for the weekend but that's about the only we are and, <laughs> we are, and you know what's funny i suppose is two years ago this time you know we were in fitzgerald's park for the past number of years and it's funny because I was looking at spaces for going indoors with the event. You know, we were looking at different venues and, and you know, the operas, the Everyman, City Hall and things like that to, to facilitate. And sure, with the past couple of years, then we're kind of everybody's going outside and we're all outdoors at the events. And look, we've we've actually been very, very lucky in uh, September um, in previous years. But look, if something drastic does happen we do have a backup plan you know we will reschedule you know there's no problem with I'm just looking at the weather like forecasts sort. for next week and I'd advise you to follow uh, Carlo Weather on Twitter Alan O'Reilly has been doing great <laughs> predictions but I'm just looking at the 11th of September and the 12th and this is a very far distance now and you're looking at sunny spells and the odd shower but nothing too serious so that's, yeah, and that's and a look, long distance forecast now. Exactly, exactly. And look, as I say, we've actually, we've had better weather in September, October before for shows than August. So we're, you know, we've kind of structured it this way as well. There's been so much going on, I suppose, as well for people during the summer and people trying to get away that we said, look, we'll wait until September till the schools have returned and people are settled down and we, we'll give a, you know, a nice um, run of a weekend show, you know, for people to go and unwind and kind of catch up with people as well. Um, you know, and uh, look, uh, you know, the buses are reopened. I know there's there's issues with that as well, but there's wide, you know, there's huge spaces down there, huge parking availability. Um, it's just, yeah, it's fantastic to be back and we're very, very, very excited. There's a, to, there's uh, a lot of positivity out there this week. A lot of announcements this week, like we've announced this in the Opera House, we have announcements from ABBA, for goodness sake, and, and yeah. all that, and new music. <laughs> 
And now this. It's an exciting time. It's a time, I think, when people are nervous but excited. It is. And, you know, and that's what I, I suppose I was saying is we're going to limit it still to the 500. You know, we could pack more people in. I think we still have to exercise a bit of caution. You know, we still have, you know, sanitized stations and things like that. And, you know, people are still reluctant. But I think the outdoor events give people that small bit of peace of mind as well. You know, that there's plenty distancing. They can come and relax and kind of, you know, not not be worried about the indoor venues yet, I suppose, with everything returning to some semblance of, of normality at the moment. But great, it's... Great. Um, and that's, you know, we're, we're very focused on, on the outdoor events, but we also do, you know, we've more indoor events planned coming. We do these starlight sing-alongs, um, you know, they're a fantastic experience as well, but we're just, we're going to hold on to after the, the couple of weeks and then we'll okay. be making more announcements about more shows. So we're, okay. we've lots of plans and lots of things happening. And I suppose the plan for next year then is to, Next year is to take in the county and the city and all of those locations that we've been at through Swing by the Lee and Swing in the Park and merge them all together because I suppose I'm very passionate as well about Cork and these beautiful locations that we have. They're kind of a merge of the arts and tourism and um, you know, we've performed at Blackrock Castle, we've been in the Port of Cork, Elizabeth Forth, mm. the Firkin Crane, Shandon. So, yeah, I mean, it, look, it's been magnificent that, you know, and I have to say thanks to all of the performers for agreeing and the tech and the crew who, you know, follow some mad notions at some, t- some short notice. It wouldn't be good tech because- if they didn't. <laughs> This is it, and they're f- yeah, if your exactly, technicians exactly. aren't mad, you're on a loser. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they're all mad. Exactly, the ma- Margaret, madder the better. I wish you, I wish you well with it. I, I sincerely hope to get down at some stage over the weekend. Have have a great yeah. festival, and congratulations on getting it going, and a fantastic lineup. Uh, that's uh, the event, uh, Starlight Entertainment. Cork at eventbrite.com is where you'll find the tickets. It's Swing by the Lee, the outdoor concert series next weekend. Thank you very much for that. And Margarita O'Connor, the songstress, Jack O'Rourke, Ross Brown, and Rebecca Storm. What a weekend in photo. And here's hoping that the weather will hold up for them. You never know. We might get we might get Alan to take a specific look next weekend and see see how they're doing. I want to finish today and for the week by talking about Matt's. Stop! Wait! Wait, maths. Yes, maths. Because leave insert is out today. But obviously, for next year's leave insert, people are starting to worry now about maths. And I want to talk to Dermot McCarthy. I have been speaking with him. He's come up with a whole new way to learn and revise maths. And I thought we might finish today by talking with Dermot McCarthy about tacit Maths. Damon, you were on the show with us before doing some graphs and calculations for, for COVID and R numbers and all of that. I think at the time I said to you, I was one of these kids who actually liked maths in school because I liked the it's right or it's wrong element to it. But hundreds, if not thousands of kids will be sitting down now with uh, the prospect of next year's leaving cert in mind. And that's where this plan of yours uh, comes into play. That's right. Um, so basically, I've been teaching maths now for the last, we'll say, 10 or 11 years down in Carrigline Community School. And I've been doing I've been doing kind of grinds, we'll say, and revision classes in all that time as well. And, you know, it kind of it kills me there to see every year you have students, you know, putting in an Im- immense amount of work. But, you know, it just doesn't seem to click really, you know, sometimes or, or, or a lot of things don't don't realize it's clicking and you know, for, for a lot of them, it doesn't click really to the final weeks. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's it's an immense source of frustration, you know, for, for a lot of students. 
Um, so I started building this website anyway about about three or four years ago, really. Um, now the website itself contains, you know, contains the usual you no know, worksheets and notes and a few introductory videos and things like this, and it has exam questions and solutions. But there's an abundance of of Max websites out there that do that really. But what what I'm kind of excited about is I'm after developing a number of kind of e-learning modules in relation to each topic, right? So basically, the way it kind of works is. You have your worksheet, you have your notes in front of you, but corresponding to that worksheet is your e-learning module, which which you kind of work through yourself. And like, mm. you know, I see a lot of students, they're using like YouTube videos are very popular, you know, in, in learning maths and that. But I, I just find that they're very, it's a, it's quite an ineffective way of learning because you're you're kind of sitting there, you're watching the video. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of passive learning really, which doesn't work. I, I looked at one or two of them. Uh, over the weekend there was no YouTube in my leaving cert time but it's fine to watch someone doing a problem or solving an equation but until you get to think your own way through it you're never going to get it you go from A to B to C but unless you know how you're doing it and that's where you come in yeah that's exactly it and so these e-learning modules the, the, the real key to them is that you're you're going at your own pace right? so you, you click through them yourself you're reading them and the second thing is that you're doing them, you're doing the work as you click through them, as opposed to just sitting there watching a video. You're you're working on your worksheet and you're clicking through then the solutions and the explanations yourself. There's diagrams, there's graphics and all that. And I, I kind of I've been testing them out for the last few years, but it was last year was the big year really where I where I had a, I do I also do an online class every Thursday night. And I was using the, that class, that group were using e learning modules in conjunction with the class. And they just, they really, the, the feedback I got was that they really, you know, it gave them the edge, you know, they, they had everything else, they were doing everything else, they were all brilliant workers, but these e-learning modules in correspondence with the worksheets is what really gave them the edge, which was, which was great feedback to get. Is it true, Dermot, and from your experience, that we actually, when I say we, the student, has more maths in their head than they think and that they believe in? Yeah, like, and what, what when I'm talking to my first and second years, you know, the, the the common question usually comes in around the middle of second year. Oh, why do we have to do maths? You know, it's it's so, it used to be my worst nightmare when I used to hear it. But like every single thing, every single day, when you get up and when you get up and walk to school, like when you cross the road, you don't blindly walk across the road without looking because in your head you're doing probability, right? And you're doing probability. If I walk across the road. And without looking, there is a probability that a car will plow into me. You know that that's that's the basic of, of where you use maths every day. But one thing I learned when I was I used to work in a, a big shout out to, to Bracken's Bakery there. I used to work in Bracken's Bakery for four years, and uh, the big thing I noticed was the most valuable people in there were the problem solvers. You know the people you could go to, and you know that if no matter what problem arose. They could they could solve that problem, right? And and there there is a strong strong correlation between your ability to solve problems in real life, your ability to take in information, use what you did before, and that, that's exactly what you're doing in, in a maths class when you're solving problems every single day. You know, so it's 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 nonstop throughout your life, really. Your mathematical side, of your brain is is working the whole time. I had a teacher one time who would ask you to do a problem. And he'd stop and say, what's the next line? And you'd tell him and you'd write it down. Now he said, why? And if you couldn't answer him why, it meant you just learned it off by heart, which is of no use to you. And that, again, is something you're tackling in this. 
yeah yeah exactly and it's it's probably i know when, when i started teaching anyway there was it was very frustrating for students all they wanted me to do was just you know show them the solution and you know it's it, you, you nearly have to drill it in them from first year to second year onwards that you're not going to you're not going to learn anything if i show it to you and and you know a big thing and i'll, I'll be talking about a few tips and things later on but a big thing if you're sitting when you're going into class now no matter what year you're in asking questions is the absolute essential thing in a maths class you know you're only going to get so far in a maths class on your own now you do try and get as far as you can on your own and maybe you, you work with your friends and all that and you research yourself but if you're not willing to ask your teacher questions like you have the hope really and the top top students like it's not it's not about how intelligent they are M- most of the time it's how the quality of their questions is actually what what sets the top students apart so as you prepare as people prepare to go back to school and head towards the Leaving Cert or maybe the junior next year, but the Leaving Cert. There's a few things to bear in mind, isn't there? Yeah, I actually just over the summer there now I came up with a I came up with a list of twelve, you know, twelve kind of top tips I was calling them. Now I won't go through the whole twelve there, like but like let's say the first one that came straight to mind is that like we're not even in September yet, like, you know, and if you're panicking at the moment or if you're if you're thinking Oh God! I did nothing now back in fifth year. I did. I'm not prepared at all. I'm going to be in big trouble. My teacher was saying I did nothing all year. Like it's kind of a a, a dirty secret. That, and my my maths teacher colleagues might give out to me for this, but it really doesn't matter what you did in fifth year. If you didn't think you put in a, a huge amount of effort in fifth year, you're starting now. Really, like, and there's a load of time now for you to get your get yourself in order now. And and it's only September. And I kind of mentioned it earlier, but. What a lot of students find in maths particularly, and it's probably why maths is so frustrating to learn, is that it doesn't really start to click until about a month before the leaving search. You know, it's because when you have everything covered, then it starts to click. Now, the downside to that is that in that time, you have an immense amount of work now to get through. Like, there's, there's no bones about it. Don't try and kid yourself. You have a lot of work, a lot of work ahead of you. And like, you really sound like a teacher there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know there's no way around it. But um, like, we'd be talking about tactics now, and be talking about positions and all this. But like, the bottom line is, if they're not willing to work their socks off on a football pitch, they may as well go home. Like, you know. So it's it's the same with same with math, same with the leaving cert. If you're not willing, just get it into your head now. There's going to be a lot of work ahead of you. And if you're willing to put in that work, and if you're willing to work smart, it is sure to click eventually coming in, in months to come. Yeah. There are things you call them low-hanging fruit. There is stuff you can kind of box off and do and say, well, that's safe. I can handle that when it comes up. And then there's the more complicated stuff. So you do, do you do the stuff first that you can box off? Yeah, like that's well, even throughout the year, like it's and again, it's kind of a little dirty little secret, really, about the leaving search. Like, the, they're all trying to promote problem solving and all this sort of thing, and it's great, and you, you need that, those skills. But I looked through last year's paper one in maths, and there's about, about 20 to 25 percent of the paper is stuff that you could just simply learn off. And I know it's a bit cynical, it kind of goes against the way we're meant to be teaching maths, but things like I know I'm getting a bit technical here now, but simultaneous equations now and you know solving any type of equation fractional equations like those are things that you can literally have a checklist and the weeks coming up to a test you're just saying i need to know that 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 and that Hmm. and interestingly once you know them those inside out then all the more complicated things start to come together Hmm. then you know after that solving by method yeah 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 Yeah. that's it 
So, and like the, the other kind of more technical thing then is just algebra in general. If you want to find out more about what Dermot McCarthy was talking about, tacitmaths.ie is his website, tacitmaths.ie. And you can sign up for all of his courses there and follow them. And on Litter and uh, Kitty in Balancholic, people, starting with the little ones in kindergarten, have to learn that littering is not a good thing. It's sad that people just don't accept that and they have to go litter picking for those who don't get proper education or the others have to go litter picking for those that don't get a proper education. Tis true. We are working on something to do with the Santa at Christmas in Fota. Very, very sketchy details at the moment. We've been contacted by a few people asking us to check a few things out. We're working the machines in the background. We will find out what's going on and I promise we'll let you know on Monday. And that's all I'm going to say for now. There's something starting on social media and we just want to try to get to the bottom of it. So we'll tell you what's going on and what we can find out on Monday morning. You're listening to Highlights from the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app by podcast or on 96FM.ie.